You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. In the world of Galecrest, Sky Pirates set sail on the winds in search of an adventure, treasure, and glory. As an admiral, you will command a vast and varied crew, but so do your rivals sailing other ships in the pirate fleet. Each day, the fleet lands on a different island where you will send a crew member to collect your share of the loot, hoping they'll return to boost your growing group of characters. Libertalia was originally released in 2012. Ten years later, we're celebrating the foundations of the original design with a revised and expanded edition that includes all new art, 40 characters per player, reputation system to resolve for tiebreakers, deluxe loot tokens, a robust solo mode, and much more. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum, and this is Justin, and today I bring you a review of Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest. This is a, as stated, a redo dust-off of the 2012 Libertalia board game, done by Stonemeyer Games this time. It's 1-6 to six players, plays 45-60 to 60 minutes, and has an MSRP of $55. Now, alongside the release of Libertalia, Stonemaier Games did also release a Libertalia Rolling Realms card pack, as well as a Metal Bloom upgrade to replace the cardboard tokens with metal ones. Caveat with this review, I have not actually played the original Libertalia game, so this will be looking at mostly the Stonemaier version holistically and not comparing the two with the updates. Now, there are big ones to call it as the tiebreakers and then expanding the player decks from 30 cards to 40 cards so there's a little bit more with that the two players uh, options were cleaned up as well as adding a solo mode that being said let's look at those first impressions libertalia winds of galecrest has this gorgeous art crisp clean it captures kind of that adventurous feel right out the gate and then in classic stonemeyer fashion your component quality is equally top-notch Rule books are nice cardstock that are not going to rip, tear, or bend very easily. The board itself is double-sided with a calm and stormy side with unique art on both sides and unique loot token features on both sides so you can have some variety for your game. All of the cardboard is good heavy stock as well as all the cards have that nice crisp linen finish. They feel great. They shuffle great uh, when you are shuffling them. And otherwise, everything handles wonderfully. Even the game has a nice insert that keeps everything isolated for each player. And the loot tokens, while looking a little bit more like starbursts, are nice, chunky. It comes with a nice good bag to mix them up in. So, no complaints on that first impression. Now, the biggest thing about Libertalia is it is a competitive pirate game and also uses a action queue system. So, every player will secretly select one card turn they get laid out in a specific queue order and then executed with day powers going one way and then reverse order for dusk powers offers a little bit of a psychological what are they going to play at the table mechanic and that's something that you're looking at is in this so let's talk about what stonemeyer's version of libertalia does well the first thing i want to call out is the fact that it keeps this wonderfully easy to teach style game because there's no heavy mechanics that can't be explained openly and publicly. And what I mean by that is, 
you have different cards with different abilities, and some of them are a little bit more complex than others. However, every voyage, and there's three voyages per game, you draw six cards. Those six cards are the same cards everybody else is drawing. There is no hidden information per se in what, what cards people have access to. What does change is who plays what cards in what order, and you will have leftover cards from Voyage 1 and Voyage 2. So by Voyage 3, what cards in, have been saved or not saved and played or not played gets a little bit more dicey to track. However, in all of those voyages, you can take a look and go, uh, let's look at the armorer card and talk about what he does if anybody has questions. There's no, well, I can, I want to know more about this card, but I can't tip my hand to tell you what card I have in my hand. Everybody has access to that, which is a great way to easily teach this game. Likewise, even with 40 cards, you only see 18 of them per game, so there's a lot of variety of what cards come up in your game, leaving a lot of options in there. That's a great thing. Some I've noticed in our plays have combo, have done really good, powerful combos, and others not so much. The benefit, though, is since everybody has the same card access each game, you're working with the same restrictions as everybody else. Likewise, with a 1-6 to six player scaling, the game does work well at most player levels. Ideally, the 3, 4, and maybe 5 seem to be the best levels. At the 5-6 player count, it gets a little chaotic with all the different abilities triggering, and at the 1 or 2, it's a little bit more limited. I'll take a brief note as a positive. If you do end up with Metal to Blooms, there is a great tactile feel added to the environment of the game, and that is something I do recommend if you want to spring for that little extra spice in your board game. Another interesting fact with the Libertalia that is beneficial is your tiebreaker. So if people are playing the same ranked card each turn, you have a reputation track that you can move up and down. And that is who, what the order of events trigger if there is a tiebreaker to be had. So it is very easy and open publicly to figure out where you are in the rankings. Libertalia does have a few opportunities in it. One of which is that the theme and art style may not be applicable for everyone. Especially if you were a fan of the old Libertalia and are someone who liked the grittier, darker pirate theme on it. This still has that pirate theme, but it's more of a fantastical theme. I personally enjoy it, but it may not be for everybody. So if you take a look at the art and the cards, and it's not really gravitating towards you, that may be something that's holding you back from your enjoyment. Likewise, the solo mode is nice. However, with the main rulebook being eight pages and the solo rulebook essentially adding another eight pages to it, it does offer a little bit of a cumbersome feel. The one good thing is once you kind of have gone through it once or twice you see how the game's going to play out and react so running the Atama player is really more of a mechanical playing cards and seeing what abilities come through it does change some of the abilities and characters a bit to allow for a one versus AI sort of scenario which unfortunately doesn't hit as nicely as the two player or plus live player version. One other thing I would like to call as an opportunity, while there is some cards offering player interactions, most of the interactions are really who's doing what on the islands and what powers you have access to. 
it doesn't seem to be a game of hyper player aggression, but more of small microaggressions against each other. The positive side to that is that there is no game destroying power that I've come across yet in such a way where unless multiple players team up on one particular player, a player who has been attacked to recover from that one round, one day action. And likewise, since everybody has the same max of cards, that player usually has the same ammunition to attack back or turn on to a different player. And that's where those microaggressions can come into play. If that is something your group is not comfortable with, I would definitely recommend not looking at Libertaria for that purpose alone. It is not necessarily the most friendship-ruining game I've seen, but depending on how your group plays, it could cause some on-over-the-table tension. Overall, Libertar Libertalia is a fantastically fun game. It's quick, it's light, it's snappy. It hits the theme of pirates getting loot beautifully. It uses the action cue system wonderfully. Keeps it light enough where there is very little barrier of entry other than understanding how some of the cards interact with each other and that language on the cards. But beyond that, the game runs in a very smooth fashion, including that teaching element and the fact that all you're doing is once you've done one day, you're going to rinse and repeat that same process over and over and over until you hit end of the voyage and then you reset the days and do it two more times. So keeping the actual gameplay mechanics very consistent throughout the game makes it a very nice approachable game for a lot of people. I would recommend it for groups looking for that lightly competitive game, but still competitive. I would recommend it for groups who like a minorly aggressive competitive game that still offers everybody a chance to win. This has been Tabletop Arcane's review of Libertalia Winds of Galecrest. I hope you've gotten some insight on what this game is about and whether it is a game for you or not. Please check out our social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you get those notifications to know when we have new content available. And if you follow our Instagram, we're doing a game a day. So follow along and see what we're playing each and every day of 2022. As always, thanks for listening and happy gaming. Tabletop Arcanum produced by Justin Taylor. This episode is hosted by Justin Taylor. Mixing and editing by Richard Geese. Original theme by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. Check the description for this episode's featured background music. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And leave us a review if you would. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you.